Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Ref6 Weekly. Uh, today, I'm joined by John, my regular co-host, and we have Rima Nasuri, the uh, new member of the Ref6 team, to chat about uh, him coming on board. So how is everyone doing? All good? All good. Yeah, all yeah. good over here. Yeah, brilliant. And Rimmin, you're based in Denmark, so football's starting soon next month as well? Uh, yeah, the, the cup games, the friendly games are starting this weekend. So Great. I think a lot of referees is going to be out and refereeing this Great. weekend. Yeah. And John, we've got a couple more weeks and then everyone in England can get out and start refereeing again too. So exciting. Um, so for those who listen, listen every week, what we normally do is chat through kind of some incidents. And there was really one major incident from the Champions League that we're going to cover. Well, there was three incidents all in one one incident. So we'll talk about that. If anyone hasn't seen the Champions League games last night, so that was the Dortmund-Seville game and the Juventus-Porto game, you missed crackers. So definitely go on YouTube and watch the highlights. They were incredible. Um, but yeah, let's talk about Dortmund-Seville. The referee was Turkish referee Kunit Shakir, probably... In my eyes, one of the best referees in the world, maybe top three, like incredible referee um, and probably the best striker in the world right now. Or, or the, the guy I most look at, like to watch is uh, Erling Haaland uh, for Dortmund. And these this incident involved both of them. So, uh, John, you, you've been studying this in depth. So talk us through play by play what what unfolded. Um, yeah, just before that, it's interesting you talk about the referee being one of the best in the world. Steve McManaman pointed that out as well yesterday. So, obviously, okay. a pundit pointed out that he's probably one of the best at the time when he was at the VAR. Yeah. yeah but, um, yeah, so Dortmund are on the break, uh, quite a quick break, and uh, Dortmund whip it the ball in, and Haaland goes down uh, to a challenge, um, and the referee waves play on. Uh, Seville then goes straight back up the other end, and... Um, Dortmund win the ball back and then it's another quick break so it's gone end to end and then Haaland's got the ball on the left hand side of the box shimmies his way in and he's reaching maybe about the penalty spot and comes sort of shoulder to shoulder with uh, the defender and the defender goes down and Haaland now runs into the six yard box from a tight angle and squeezes the ball in mm -hmm. um, so their referees asked to look for a foul uh, that Haaland has committed on the defender for pushing him too much, using more of his elbow and his arm rather mm -hmm. than a, a fair shoulder. Um, so they then disallow that goal uh, for the foul, but they look back at the challenge on Haaland from about 90 seconds prior to that. Um, and then they give the penalty to Haaland for uh, a trip in the box, I think it is, or a shirt pull. So it's an upper body offence, uh, but the keeper's got the ball. So it's, if that makes sense, the ball's going to the keeper and they're maybe about the six yard box and they're fighting for it on the 18 yard box. So yeah. it's not a genuine, uh, or it's not a dog side because Haaland's not in control of the ball. Mm -hmm. um, so the sanction is a yellow card and a penalty to Dortmund. Haaland then steps up and misses said penalty. Uh, and then... They go up the other end and uh, I think it's Hazard is fouled and then they go back and retake the penalty because the keeper is a judge to be off his line. Yeah. Um, and then Haaland scores the goal and then Dortmund go to up. And that is the carnage that unfolded in seven minutes. That's interesting. So like some of the, the stories are crazy, right? The stories are blaming VAR that this madness happened. And, and I watch it back and I'm like, actually, this is basically 
the whole process of VAR working exactly how it should be. Um, the, the thing that probably made it madness is that these things happen so quickly and they were all just, I don't think we've ever seen it before, right? So there was a penalty call, the ball hadn't gone, if the ball had gone out of play after that penalty challenge, nothing would have happened because they would have reviewed the penalty and given the penalty. But, but like you said, the break happened, they came back and then they scored. And then the VAR is a judge that there may be a foul. So Shakir is sent over to the VAR booth, had a look, said, oh, it was a foul. VAR said, hey, by the way, there was also a penalty incident like before. So we need to show you this. He looks at that and says, yes, it's a penalty, gives that. So crazy, crazy. Let's talk about each individual incident. So penalty, I think, John, you mentioned it, um, that the ball wasn't going to go into Haaland's, you know, he wasn't likely to take control of it. So that's why it's not dogs though. But do you think it was a penalty, Ramon? Is that enough of a penalty for you? Yeah, I think it's a penalty. I I think it is. I mean... uh... Uh, well, we have the best referee on it, and he saw it, and it's also a penalty. So I guess yeah. it's the right decision, right? So yeah, no, I, I think that was an easy call. I, yeah. I, I got to be honest; I thought maybe he could have seen it in 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 real time, but probably the pace of the pace of the break probably caught him caught him out. Yeah. Yeah. But then the goal, the goal being disallowed, is an interesting one because it looks shoulder to shoulder, but it looks like Haaland's maybe not really in the shoulder, but slightly more in the back. I would have been okay if Shakir looked at the video and said, actually, yeah, I don't think it was a pen. I I don't think it was a foul and I'm going to allow the goal. And Shakir is actually, from the last World Cup, was one of the referees who looked at a VAR incident and said, no, I'm happy with my decision. I'm going to stick to it. So he has got a history of doing that. But in this case, he didn't. He did think it was a foul. Do you think it was a foul, Ramon? Yeah, I think so. I think it was a foul, yeah. I think also that was the right decision. So, two right decisions. So, yeah. I, I, I'm, I, I can... I think You can argue for it. It can go both ways. Uh, yeah. In the end, it's your, your decision. And I, I think, in my opinion, I think he, did the, he, he took the right decision. Yeah, I think in the end, it is the right decision. I, I think you could have maybe got away with that. But yeah. as soon as the VAR shows him it and shows yeah. the angles, I think it's really tricky. When you see but them slow... Slow motion. Yeah. When it's in slow motion, you, you think, "Oh, yeah, yeah." John, but you you weren't sure. You were you thought it was harsh. Yeah, my style is that like he for me he looked like the defender was going down, uh, or it was he crumpled quite quickly. Uh, in my opinion, if I was selling it on a Saturday uh, in my game, it's a goal. Um, there was only really one complaint, and that was the guy that went down. Everyone else was sort of more like, "Okay, fair enough." The, the, the interesting thing was the pundits, I think it was Steve McManaman again, was like, well, he, uh, the defender has been ha- had a horrible time against Haaland. And he just thought the best thing to do right now is just fall on the floor, yeah. uh, which, I, which I thought was a fairly accurate uh, representation. But in the end, the penalty was given. Uh, penalty was missed. Fabulous save by the keeper, double save. But then that dreaded uh, came off the line. Um the keeper wasn't booked for coming off the line. That's a new uh, change amendment for Laws of the Game this year, um, which says they can have a warning first. So that that's that's if anyone's thinking, why was he not given a card? Um, that's that's that one. And then the other interesting piece that John you mentioned earlier was around the reaction by Haaland after he did score. Uh, yeah, so Haaland got booked for the celebration because when he scored, he went up to the keeper and sort of like give it the beans 
Uh, but if you look at the clip, interestingly, the keeper makes the double save, stands up, and Haaland is behind him. And um, the goalkeeper makes an action to Haaland to mock him. So obviously my question to you guys is, Haaland has been booked for his celebration for doing the identical thing as the goalkeeper. So why are we not booking the goalkeeper for the same celebration? Yeah. Oh. Well, we know that, that VAR cannot go in and say we, that's a yellow card here, right? And yeah. if, you, if we look into the clip and we, we see that, that the game is still on and everybody having their back to the goal and running towards uh, Dortmund's field, right? Uh, yeah. so, so, so when everybody does that, including the referee, he has his back to, to, the, to the goalkeeper and Holland. And you, you see that the goalkeeper uh, goes to Holland and says something. The referee didn't see it. That's yeah. why I think he didn't book him because Bar cannot go and say, "Listen, this uh, uh, the goalkeeper did, did, did this to Holland. You need to mm. book him." We cannot do that. So, yeah, I think I think you're correct, Ramon. Uh, the only other thing I'd add to that is the reaction of there wasn't a big reaction of Haaland to the goalkeeper when the goalkeeper made that incident uh, when he made that uh, gesture or comment, right? But when Haaland did it, it caused such an uproar from the Seville players. The, I think there was a need by the referee to have, well, one, he would have seen it, but two, it, you know, as soon as there's a, such a big reaction, the referee really has to look like he's doing something. And that's why maybe the yellow card was shown. Um, but, you know, we're guessing here, so, we're watching it. This is yeah. us observing. <laughs> so my question is on a Saturday, you see the goalkeeper do that to the, yeah, yeah. it's normal time. The goalkeeper saves the penalty and he's giving it the big ones to the attacker. It's yeah. a fair save. There's no retakes involved. Do you then book the keeper for? I'm assuming it'd be unsporting or dis- I'm sure it'd be unsporting behaviour or dissent. Yeah, yeah, rather than dissent by word or action. So are you? I think all games booking the keeper. I think it comes down to what he says. And if yeah. I if I hear what he says, if it's just some form of like, you know, soft sledging, goading, like, you know, ha ha, like, you know. You think you're the best in the world, but I just had you kind of thing. I'm okay with that, right? Like, that seems okay. It just depends how offensive or not the the, the term was. And I yeah. bet you Harlan didn't say anything different. He probably said exactly the same he thing. He did, yeah. No, he did. Back, he said in his know? post-match interview that he, did, but, he said the exact but, same thing back. But, but when you see the goalkeeper, he saves two, he saves a penalty, and then he saves one more. The running is just pumping in his, in yeah. his uh, body, you know? And and then he, he, he just comes out with a, a reaction to Harlan. So, so, yeah, I think it's a normal thing. Uh, yeah. uh, and I, again, as, uh, as Hassan said, it, it depends on what he said. Maybe he mm. said something that, is, uh, yeah, it didn't mean that much. But um, I don't know. Uh, and, and the reason, how, and, and then you've got to think of safe refereeing in, in my eyes. You know, the safe, easy caution is to give Haaland a caution. It calms the Seville players down and Haaland doesn't care. He just scored a goal. They're winning 2-0 and he'll, he'll accept it. So it kind of, even though they were two of the same incidents, they were treated slightly differently. Uh, and you know, I think in football, this is the this is what I would call the art of refereeing, right? Mm. Is knowing when and when not to get involved. So, super super interesting incidents. If you haven't watched it, get on YouTube, watch it because it's it is a, a really interesting one. And the one, the only other thing I'll say is we we mentioned that Shakir is one of the best referees in the world. He was so calm during yeah. this whole process. He just doesn't look like anything phases him. So, um, uh, you know, uh, got to be got to be um, one for some major finals coming up, I, I'm sure. Um, cool. 
So, Rimon, we'll move on to you. Um, for those who don't know, Rimon, well, maybe Rimon, do you want to give a background of why why you're on the podcast? <laughs> maybe yeah. talk about the journey to get here. Yeah. Well, um, I started uh, Rough Level back in 2017 uh, here in Denmark. Uh, Rough Level is, uh, yeah, at that time it was a competitor to Rough Six. Uh, and uh, basically, it has some of the same functions, uh, features as the Rough, Rough Six. You can start a match, record incidents, so on and so forth. I've been working on it since 2017 uh, uh, while having a full time job. So I didn't have that much time uh, yeah, to, uh, to do some, uh, some uh, coding and development. Uh, also, I was missing the resources. But uh, I had a good product. Uh, Danish referees used it, uh, still using it. Uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, long story short, I'm, I'm with Ref6 today because, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so so we, we started talking back end of last year during the pandemic. And we basically had a conversation to say, hey, how good would it be if, you know, we kind of merged join forces and try and tackle this problem that we both are obviously passionate because like you said, you, you were working part-time on the product, but had a, a load of users looking at and using it in Denmark. And then we were obviously full-time and, you know, we could give you that opportunity. So um, really cool to have you on board. So this is something that, you know, we've, we're, we're announcing on this podcast. We're going to have a blog post about it. And yeah, Rimon joins us. He's going to be the chief information officer and head of business development um, in uh, mainly the Nordic markets, but uh, we'll see how we get on. Um, uh, but working full time now, uh, talk yeah. us about your refereeing career. Yeah, well, I, started, I started refereeing in uh, 2012. Uh, in a town called Horsens, uh, where I come from. Um, and I've been referring since then. Moved to Aarhus, in, I don't know, maybe 2017, 16, 2016. And so now I'm a part of uh, Aarhus Refereeing Club. I am what you call in Danish a CO3 referee and a CO2 linesman. Uh, so uh, yeah, an assist- assistant referee on CO2. Um, and uh, I enjoy enjoy enjoy. I love being referee. I love going mm-hmm. out. I'm going out on Saturday for a, for a nine against nine uh, match, uh, and I'm and, looking forward to that. And why is it nine against nine? This is due to the Danish regulations around COVID, right? Yeah, well, you, you cannot be more than twenty five uh, people uh, outside together together. Mm-hmm. So I guess if it's eleven against eleven and a referee and the coach, then you will probably more than twenty five people uh, so they they change it to be nine against nine so you can have some reserves as well substitution interesting yeah. and that's just for friendlies not going to be for the league right you never know <laughs> you never know maybe maybe in a, in a few weeks they change it to 35 people and then you can suddenly play 11 again 11 yeah yeah no, no, very cool very yeah. cool uh john did you want to ask any specific questions yeah, in Denmark, do you have the same system of us with sim bins and stuff? So obviously for, um, was it what do we sim bin for, Hassan? Um, descent, yeah, for descent, yeah, for descent, we obviously sim bin them for ten minutes. Do you have that sort of system in Denmark as well? Yeah, uh, well, Denmark was actually the first uh, uh, country that had the. It was a test country for sim bin. 
so so we already started before everyone else here uh, and yeah we have it but it's a bit different uh, from what you have because every yellow card is actually five or ten minutes so an 11 against 11 match is 10 minutes and i guess maybe nine against nine or eight against eight is going to be five minutes um, so yeah we, we kind of have the same system uh, i think the lead referee is using more the sentence system than we are so it's being used in the top levels or not uh, not with the 10 minutes, but the simple A and B systems in, uh, in, and not the 10 minutes. Okay. Yeah, not the Very interesting time, yeah. So how, how is it? Because now, so you're basically saying any foul, any reckless foul, you get five, 10 minutes off the pitch. So does that mean like you've seen a lot less yellow cards being given over the last few years or is football still the same? <laughs> well... I think it's up to you because maybe maybe before uh, when you didn't have the five minute or ten minutes, you would consider giving a little card uh, quite easily or really quick. But mm-hmm. now when you know uh, this player goes out for five or ten minutes, you maybe consider your decision. But again, it depends also the behavior of the player. If you can see he's just uh, pumping with the adrenaline and like yelling or screaming or whatever, yeah, you give him probably a ten minutes yellow card to go out. Uh, yeah so it's kind of your decision but uh, but of course a yellow card is a yellow card sometimes so yeah you cannot, yeah. You cannot change that I, I i think that's fascinating because because basically just historically so ifab created two systems uh for so we keep calling it sinbin because that's from rugby but the the real terminology is ter- uh, temporary dismissal right and so ifab said basically We've got two systems. System A, which basically every yellow card leads to a temporary dismissal. And system B is, well, the federation can choose a specific reason for a temporary dismissal. And that's a whole new system. So system B is what England adopted. And we've said any form of dissent that will uh, result in a 10-minute dismissal. but any other the yellow continues. So now results in the uh, Do you think the English grassroots players would? That was huge, John. Oh, sorry. That. My internet went a bit <laughs> Yeah. So my my question was. Um, how do you how do you think the players at our level would react to every yellow card being a simbin? It'd be carnage, utter carnage. <laughs> like my last game before lockdown, I gave eight yellows and uh, a red. Like, can you imagine eight? I think I had four yellows in the space of five minutes. I'd have no one on the pitch. Um, mm. So yeah. <laughs> Because it's interesting, and I come back to England. So, England, if 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 players get a yellow card, they actually get a fine. They get a ten pound. I think it's somewhere in the region of like ten pound fine for every yellow card, even at the lowest levels, right? But in other countries, so in Portugal, I went and presented a, a referees association meeting, and I showed them our app, Ref Six, and I showed, they saw the amount of yellow cards I was given, and they were like, "Oh, that's really low. You only give like two yellow cards a game." I'm like, yeah, why? And they're like, oh, we give seven or eight a game and that's good. And um, it turns out they do that because there's no real repercussion. You know, you don't get a fine as a player. Um, 
you do still get the totting up process. So if you get five in a in a, a few games, you, you get a ban, etc. But that's really interesting that you know it's something that I've taken for granted that we give fines to players, and therefore you know actually every time we get that yellow card out, it financially impacts a player, not just you know gives them a warning in the game. But other countries don't do that. I don't think they do that in America. I don't think do they do that in Denmark? Do you know? Uh, no, it's it's uh, actually between the players. If if we say let let if someone gets yellow card, you have to put like uh, ten kronen or, or whatever it is. So so uh, and I saw just uh, some guys made an app to te- uh, to keep track of all the yellow cards for the for the for the specific club for for the players, and in the end you can see how many uh, uh, how much they put in uh, each of them. So that's like a little like club fine system yeah. that goes in the Christmas yeah. party budget. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, this this goes in the uh, county and national FA's budget for Christmas parties. So <laughs> that's probably probably the difference. It gets paid for a Christmas party somewhere. It's just who who attends is a different story. So cool. So Rimon, welcome to the team. Um, I'm sure you'll be popping up on different uh, podcasts as we go. Uh, Rimon, unfortunately, is a Man United fan, so oh. uh, <laughs> so I'm sure I'm sure there will be lots of uh, controversy, lots of penalties to discuss uh, regarding <laughs> Probably, related yeah. to Manu, Manu in the future. Um, so thanks for joining, and um, hopefully everyone out there will feel the benefit. There you go. <laughs> we'll feel we'll, we'll feel the benefits of Raymond joining the team when it comes to the development of our app and continuous updates. So great. Um, the one thing, the last thing that I wanted to touch on to everyone listening, um, I know some people are already users of our app and listen to the podcast for some light entertainment, maybe some education, I don't know, or maybe just to make fun of us, who knows? Um, And some listen for everything, but they're not using our app right now. Um, So if you have a compatible smartwatch, a Samsung, uh, an Android watch or an Apple watch, our app will work for you. Uh, If you just want to use your phone to record our games, our app will work for you too. But we have an exciting announcement. And if I had some fireworks, I'd blow them out here now. Um, Over the last six months, we've been working on another uh, watch platform. Um, We've been, uh, you know, we were inundated with emails and requests for Samsung. Since we got Samsung, literally our inbox started to flood with Garmin users. So um, Garmin is a new watch platform that we are supporting. We are currently beta testing our app with, I think just around 50 to 75 Garmin um, early adopters using the app, giving us feedback. It's still very early, but we're hoping to have the final product out in the next you know, few weeks to a month. But if you would like to be a beta tester um, to you know, try it out, give us some feedback, we have a Facebook group. So just search Ref6 Garmin beta group on Facebook, I think that's what what I named it. Um, Join, just put in your Ref6 username, put in the watch that you have, uh, we'll add you to the list. Um, You'll get 30 days free of Ref6 Pro, which is basically all of our functionality where you get the heat maps, sprint maps, um, and a variety of extra features. Um, And then you get to test out the Garmin watch. You You may be furloughed at home and looking for something to do, test out the watch. You may have some games coming up depending on the country. Uh, So, you know, watch some Champions League games, try it out. And if you're comfortable, use it in some games. Um, But if you are a Garmin user, please, please stop by our Facebook group, uh, Ref6 Beta, Ref6 Garmin Beta Group. 
and um, and we'll we'll get you on the Garmin beta. So uh, pretty short and sweet this one, John. Should be pretty easy to edit for you. Yeah, it should be a nice one. <laughs> um, and for those listening, thanks for taking time out of your day again. Uh, we'll be back next week with something more fun and educational and instructive and something to listen to. So take <laughs> care and thanks for your time.